Hello and welcome to Shades and Coffee, the almost weekly look good, feel good podcast. Written and presented by me, Vivian Braidwood. If you love motivational stories, then join me to celebrate positive lifestyle, fashion and feel good trends. Lose yourself in this collection of personal adventures and powerful insights as I speak to some of the most inspiring people in the industry, company founders, movers, shakers and coffee takers about what makes them happy and the secrets of their success. In every show, there will be Q&A with them and me, and we really want to hear from you. Ask us any lifestyle-related question or let me know which topic you'd like me to cover. Tag me and use the hashtag Shades and Coffee with Vivian on Twitter or Instagram. We'd really love you to subscribe. Speak soon. Shades and Coffee. Look good, feel good. If you like this podcast, hit subscribe and please rate us. My guest today has a passion for pies. Her love of baking started as a teenager, helped finance her through university, and kept her sane during her maternity leave. She has two gorgeous little girls, both under the age of four. There's a serious side to her baking too. She has a science degree, so measuring things, weighing out outcomes and variables is her jam. Yes, she's a science nerd, but definitely a pretty cool one. Oh, and did I mention she was also the science director of a veterinary diagnostics company? I don't even know what that means, but I do know that she likes her coffee strong and black how it should be. Now, I always appreciate food that hails to seasonal ingredients. And whilst her apple and salted caramel is my absolute favourite, I'm tucking into some cherry pie during this coffee break. Mmm, my goodness, it's incredible. Happiness on a spoon. Founder and Chief Alchemist of blueapplepie.co.uk, Daniel Farquharson. Good morning, Danny. Good morning. Good morning, Vivian. How are you? I'm good. I'm very much looking forward to this coffee break. How do you usually start your day? The girls are in nursery, so day normally starts with a nice early wake-up call, then pottering downstairs and then sorting up breakfast and getting ready to go and then dropping them off. And then I get to come back and complete a few tasks but at a very leisurely pace rather than trying to get 100 things done at the same time. You sound relieved. Are you home alone? Yeah, yeah. can you tell? Can you tell? Murray normally, um, my husband normally works uh, from home, but he's had a golf morning this morning. I'm sure he'll try and palm that off as his work. Um, but he will be back <laughs> you, mean, you mean it's not an official holiday? Yeah. <laughs> it's working from home, is great. Exactly, yeah. I'm entertaining. Um, no, so he'll be he'll be back shortly. Um, he may interrupt this, so uh, yeah, just be warned. Oh, no problem, no problem. And how has the pandemic generally impacted your daily routine? Like, what were you doing for the first few weeks of lockdown, and how different uh, was that to life before and to life now? Actually, as we're easing out of it. Uh, I think the biggest uh, impact for me personally was obviously just the, the closure of, of the nursery. So obviously I had my, my children with me full time, which was obviously an eye opener, but also I hadn't gone back to work yet. Why, why was that? Were you on maternity leave ending or something? Yeah, like? I was still kind of well, technically on, on maternity and I left my previous job before child number two. Uh, so it was always going to be a matter of right when I was ready to go back to work looking for something new anyway. So I'd started that process and obviously that all came to, to a halt during lockdown as can't apply during that time. And then obviously Mari started working from home. Um, the one good thing is that because I hadn't gone back to work, 
we didn't have that conflict of how we're going to manage two of us working whilst looking after two kids. Yes, so, that, that's been a challenge for, for many uh, families. Yeah, it's been horrible. I, you know, I know, I know people, a lot of people in that situation. There's just no possible way of actually doing it. You know, um, that's like carrying out two full-time jobs. And financially, so, with yeah. you not going back to work when you wanted to, financially, you guys were fine? Uh, we were okay, yeah. And obviously, with the intention of me always going back, uh, you know, it wasn't definitely not a, not a long-term thing, that's for sure. But we were okay. And again, with nursery being off, those fees were taken out of the equation as well. So sure. I didn't have that added pressure of, I've got to find something, you know, in order to, to pay for that. So it kind of, yeah, it kind of worked out. It was obviously a massive, massive shock having the two of them to, to look after full time. But it was a shock plus it was actually, it was actually quite nice because I didn't have that added pressure. So all my attention went on them. Uh, I had certain things set up for, for Blue Apple, the, the, the pie business. I initially put it on hold because I didn't know like, many people what was happening. But then a few weeks in, I thought actually this might be a good opportunity to, to actually get it off the ground. Excellent. And your website uh, reads, Pie can provide a little joy during this time when comfort is key. <laughs> Have you seen the iconic clip from the movie American Pie where Jason Biggs loses his virginity to a pie? <laughs> Of course I have. <laughs> it was part of my inspiration. <laughs> oh Although to be fair, there's a massive feel-good factor and something kind of sensual about tucking into a good pie. So. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And that's that's where it all comes from, really. Oh dear, yeah. <laughs> I've got that image in my mind. That's where it came from. <laughs> well, during lockdown, it seemed like the whole world and his wife wanted to take mm. up baking. I couldn't locate any flour for the first two months of lockdown. Believe me, I tried lots of places. How did this impact your operations in terms of sourcing ingredients, but also in terms of demand? It pretty much stopped the operation almost. So I had everything set up, everything was ready to go. You know, the website was there, logistics were sorted out. I literally had everything in place other than flour. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a big one. The, um, the main ingredient. But uh, so essentially, I couldn't physically do anything um, until that became available, not just in supermarkets, but to uh, the suppliers themselves. So well, you need large quantities, don't you? you need yeah, absolutely. So I was like, oh, that's all right. I'll just go, you know, direct to the supplier because I'm, I'm buying bulk amounts. But it turns out everybody wanted bulk amounts. So even the suppliers were, were shut down because they were, you know, it was there was an over demand for it. Um, and the, even they, it took took weeks for them to become back up and running as normal. So I'd managed to get hold of a couple of bags, like a couple of small bags in the supermarket. You know, saw it, grabbed it. Didn't go crazy, mind you, but I saw a couple and I thought, you know what, that will get me started. And I was just monitoring the suppliers. Yeah, so I think May I actually started properly selling. Right. And I think, and now that you know, everyone's seriously into baking, I mean, what do you think that, that will do for what you're trying to do going forward? in terms of that awareness and that demand? To be honest, I think it's only a good thing. People have realised a lot can come of it. I think people do enjoy baked goods and perhaps maybe having had a go at it themselves, it's not as straightforward as it seems. Also noticing the difference between something that's had so much attention put into it. There's a massive difference between eating something that you know has actually been made consciously like i want this to be the best pie you've ever eaten that's true. So something somebody's just kind of like whipped up and and, and just passed around you know because they 
had to kill some time with their kids or whatnot. Um, <laughs> no, good point. I've done both. Yeah, and I just think the whole pandemic has opened people's eyes up a bit as to how valuable they find food and comfort. And I think that's only going to add, hopefully, to to the business and the community. The other thing I found that's come of this is that uh, you can use pies and, and the baked goods to, to share as well. If there's such a good sharing option or you take round to somebody's house if you're going for dinner or, you know, there's there's all that side of things as well. So not just the, the indulgent side, it's also a great gift. People were ordering more than one because they wanted to pass it on to say thank you to their neighbours or, oh, nice. you know, they were seeing their parents for the first time after X amount of time and they wanted to take something round. So I've had a lot of that as well, oh, which is nice. great, which is really nice to hear, yeah. Your love affair with baking spans two decades, roughly. Can you talk us through the what, when, why and the hows, especially how you got started, when and why you launched this company and what you have planned for the future? Okay, I think unofficially, like you said, said, it probably did start from university. I had one of my very good friends. She would, I'm pretty sure she's only friends with me because of the banoffee pie I used to make every now and then. Was the pie supply stopped? <laughs> I'm starting to question a lot of my friendship. In her defence, she's actually been my biggest fan and she's really pushed me to, to start this as a business. So it, like I said, it started off unofficially. Every now and then I would just kind of whip something up. And I guess to university students, to them, it's like, great. You know, anything that somebody home makes is, is, a, is a bonus, isn't it? And then it was only recently I kind of, I was like, do you know what? I've never perfected pastry. I tried it. It got me it hooked. There was something quite therapeutic about it. And I think I was pretty stressed at the time. Making it and baking it was actually really comforting. So that's how it started. It's funny, the first one you think, oh, right, yeah, that was, that was pretty good. I'm pretty happy with that. And then you do it again and you realise, oh, no, the last one was, was pretty bad. And then you do it again and you're like, oh, my God. And it just keeps going and going, and you just the more you do it, the more you improve it until you hit a point and you're like, actually, I'm really, really happy with this. And so when you said therapeutic, and it's a time when you were sort of very stressed, is that are you talking about everything from sort of the texture, playing with it with your hands, to the smells when it's baking, and the, the heat and the taste, the, the whole experience that was sort of therapeutic, calming. Yeah, because you're so involved and you're you're doing something which requires attention. But not in a stressful way, just in a a calming sort of way. The hands-on experience, um, I've always been a very practical person. You know, I've always enjoyed that side of things. So I was doing something with my hands, doing something that felt energetic and good. And having a final product that tastes good is so satisfying. And so I got a lot of relief out of that. And, and then you feel even better once you eat it, I guess. That bit I know about. <laughs> And then something else you mentioned earlier, you mentioned about your friend who encouraged you, potentially you wouldn't be where you are today if it hadn't been for her pushing you and her support. Absolutely. So what, what part did friends and family play in your pathway to success and, and what challenges did they present? Friends and family have been massively supportive. I guess from the angle of it's something completely, completely different. So they've always known me to be a scientist and, and you know, working in a lab and they kind of caught wind of this and they could probably just see like how happy it kind of made me, I guess, you know, that's nice. And then they tried it and gave very friendly feedback, but obviously I asked them, look, 
what would you do differently? How do you feel about this? How do you feel about that? Um, tested flavors on them, which obviously everyone was more than happy to uh, <laughs> I can imagine. <laughs> to eat so they loved it. Everyone was loving it. So, you know, they were just getting free pies left, right and center. My good friend I was talking to you about before lockdown, we used to have monthly meetings with each other and she'd sit down and say, right, what have you done about this? What have you done about this? You know, oh, did this a good work? friend. Yeah, she was, she was great. Like I said, I'm pretty sure I wouldn't be in this situation if she hadn't push me she was just yeah. super excited about it she just thought it was such a good thing to invest my time and effort into that she made sure I didn't didn't drop it I think if you do have people in your life who are you know cheerleaders and mentors yeah. and you know it's, it's great it's energizing it's enriching it keeps you focused she's keeping you accountable so that's yeah. an awesome friend yeah big up big up to that friend whoever she is yeah yeah, yeah. Um, no she knows who she is um yeah she'll she'll probably get get a share share of the business one day oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she's, well, the yeah, biggest pie ever <laughs> yeah oh yeah she gets pies don't worry about that oh she does oh that's brilliant yeah, uh, yeah that's, that's the only way i can pay her at the moment <laughs> yeah so i mean you mentioned about being a scientist is that a role that you um going forward plan to revisit or is that have you found some way to kind of merge that into what you currently do yeah absolutely i think i found a way to combine it completely I've always obviously had a massive passion for for science and and also art though. So what I've actually found is that baking combines the two really, really well. Baking is, is different to, to cooking. The majority of stuff I've normally done is, is cooking. I've always cooked. It's, Why and how is baking different to cooking? Because it's the precision. It's all about being accurate, weighing things out, getting the right volumes and masses. And that's essentially what baking is. And it's kind of finding what works to what ratios and it's it's so it's combining the two so you know you're using this this accuracy and but then you're also looking at it from a creative side so you're going well what flavors work do i need more of this do i need more of that different measurements are, have ridiculously different results so um it's just interesting to see the process and and as a scientist there's a lot of trial and error you know you try try it with x amount of flour you try and reduce it you try and you know it's until you get the get the result now the pastry is incredible absolutely incredible apple pie is actually my favorite dessert but i equally like the one that you've mixed with salted caramel as well and i like the fact that the seasonality as well it's, it's nice to have something that's seasonal so it just changes with the times and then therefore it changes with people's moods i guess you know people get super excited about cherries so as soon as they come in and you know, you can tell people, well, it's cherry pie time, right? They get they get happy about it as well. So it's quite nice having things that, you know, people get into as, as the season change. I'm smiling when you said cherry pie. No, I hope you don't take this question the wrong way, given my um, earlier sexual <laughs> What do you wear when baking? <laughs> I imagine the same health and safety rules apply, even if you're baking from a home-based kitchen, right? Yeah, no, it's the same health and safety rules. Constantly washing your hands. All of my hair is out of the way because that has got a, a nice habit of getting rid of constantly cleaning surfaces. So, yeah, so absolutely, it's exactly the same as, as if I, I were out working. And in terms of uniforms, I love the blue apple pie uniform and the way that you combine it with super cool casuals. Um, what yeah. are your top tips for looking good? I don't think anybody has ever asked me that before. Um, <laughs> I'll, take, I'll take that as a compliment. Yeah. <laughs> On this show, you, but... we're always looking for innovative questions. <laughs> wow, I have absolutely no idea. When I've seen you kind of do the deliveries, it's super cool, casual. It's really nice and it's all well put together, you know, hair neat, tied up. I love it. To me, it says 
that you're someone who's kind of really comfortable in their own skin. You're possibly sporty, healthy, potentially a bit tomboyish. Like myself, I rarely, I sometimes get glammed up if I want to. If I really want yeah. to, I do. You know, and I scrub up very well, according to my husband. But I really prefer that kind of cash look. But I can look very messy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm known to be, you know, a bit clumsy and a bit messy. And, but seeing you, you always kind of work very well put together in your own unique um, way. I think you summed it up quite well, to be quite honest. You probably summed it up better than I ever could. But yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I've always kind of maintained this casual approach, I think, is, is probably the right way to say it. But but not, I don't like to say, I don't think scruffy. I think just casual, just like, this is who I am. Um, this is how I carry myself. Um, but you know what? If you invite me to a party or a wedding, I'm going to look amazing too. So it's just kind of, yeah, like you said, like the, the best of both worlds, really. But um maybe it just reflects my my personality like who i am because i'm everybody says kind of how how laid back and relaxed laid back relaxed yes yes, laid back yeah yes even if from the inside you know i'm just as anxious and stressful as everybody else i don't think um i don't think anyone would ever describe me as, as that so i think that's it i think that's i just like to to approach people in a very relaxed relaxed manner so maybe that's just reflected in my my style yeah, no, I, I definitely agree with that. And which do you think is the better compliment to a slice of one of your pies? Tea or coffee? Oh, oh, um, oh, that's a good question. Probably depends on the time of day. So I'm... <laughs> yeah, so there you go. <laughs> um, I'm a massive tea and coffee fan. I have coffee in the morning and, and tea in the afternoon. About four o'clock, nice cup of tea, nice slice of pie perfect but you know if you're going for more pie at brunch which is very doable especially as an adult you can do what you want so i would definitely say yeah a nice cup of coffee and, and a slice of pie then so depends on your mood depends on the time of day and what are your thoughts on the role of failure in our lives i think throughout every kind of different aspect of my life i've experienced failure for sure obviously at the time it's awful i hate it it doesn't put you in a very good headspace and then once you get out of that and move on because you have to because you have to move on with with life you just realize actually you learn from it that's all you know you absolutely learn from it and it makes you stronger so the next failure won't hit you as bad because you just you know you learn how to kind of use it to your advantage and I think sounds silly the older I get I think the more I'm getting better at using such things as negativity or such things as as failure as positive things as um I've been around a lot of negativity in my life and it's just you flip it on its head and you go yeah all right I'm going to use you and and prove you wrong almost so so yeah for sure I definitely yeah I I would say I I've definitely failed at a lot of things and that's fine now it's fine I like to think I'm I'm using that to drive me. I'm not making as many mistakes as I probably would have hadn't I failed. I think that's one thing that's come across when people have asked me questions about business questions. Like people say, "Well, how do you do this? What what if this happens? What if this happens?" And I've I'm very relaxed about it. I'm kind of a bit like, "It's fine," because I've been in this situation. I've known this scenario, and it's. I think when it comes to the basics, I feel quite comfortable with myself now. But that's having trialed and errored so many so many aspects of my life that you just go no do you know what i feel comfortable doing this now 
this is going to work. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd agree with you. I think uh, failure, things like failure, adversity are incredible pathways to growing mm-hmm. um, spiritually, emotionally, in, in, in all sorts of ways, even, even physically, if you look at someone yeah. who's training, you know, your muscles, failure, yeah, yeah. muscles to build the muscles, etc. Um, you know, what's interesting for me is, you know, do, I mean, you as a parent, how easy would you find it to translate that learning and that understanding that you have now on the other side of that um, tunnel to how you raise your kids? Because I'm, I'm not a parent, but a lot of parents don't seem to uh, really want any, <laughs> any hint of failure or adversity for their kids. And, and if they understand the value of it, I wonder why they don't kind of try to build yeah, that's that interesting. in. <laughs> That's really interesting. I don't, I don't know. Um, yeah, I, don't, I haven't thought about it. I don't think it's anything I would hide from my kids. Like, you know, I don't hide emotion. You know, I think they need to be aware that people can both be happy and sad. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say it's just a part of a part of life, unfortunately. Um, and, and their own failure so they don't make it to whatever set don't be that parent that runs in and starts giving the teacher a hard time <laughs> yeah, so and so exactly up. it's not That's it's not oh no i don't believe in that at all <laughs> i just think it's about encouraging them and just saying that's fine let's look at something else i come from a generation whose parents maybe weren't as open talking about things but i think that will slowly change I mean, you don't have to share everything of course you know i definitely don't want to know what my teenage kids will get up to that's for sure and they don't need to know everything that i've done you know but i do think it's just important to be open with them we have the gift of living in times when we can just be more open and sharing with those things now many of our listeners are reassessing their priorities redressing their work-life balance and trying to find a pathway to a more fulfilling life mm-hmm. what advice can you give do something practical or physical I mean, but that's that's me personally. I've always found them to be such good outlets. I don't think people give themselves enough time to do what they enjoy. Just find something you enjoy and make time for it. Because it's not fair that you have to, you know, what? So you're happy happy to answer emails in the middle of the night, but, you know, you won't put half an hour aside so you can go for a run or, you know, bake yeah, the cake. Like, yeah. It's really silly. It's just, no, no, you need to find time for something you enjoy. And that'll just be reflected in in everything else you do. I speak to so many people who have stopped doing stuff that they like because because they are busy. Don't get me wrong, people are busy. It's ridiculous. But I just I think you get a lot more of doing something that makes you happy um, in the long run for sure. Yeah, no, here, here. Yeah. So your website is blue apple pie or one word blueapplepie.co.uk. Where else can we find out more about your services? You got any social media tags? At the moment, I don't. Um, it's something I'm working on. And I want a lot of my um, custom to just come from people going, you have to eat this pie. That's how I want it to start. If it's a bit That's slow, brilliant. fine. But, you know, I'm going to do whatever I can to, to get the word out. Collaborations but, maybe as well? Perhaps. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to, um, especially where I live. There's a lot of independent cafes, coffee shops and things like that. I'm based in Earlsfield, primarily focused on kind of southwest London, any of the, the surrounding areas, you know. So, yeah, and there's a lot of independence around here, so it would be nice to do something together. Excellent. Well, look, I wish you every success in your mission to bring a slice of happiness to into everyone's lives. It's been an absolute pleasure sharing my coffee break and filthy mind with you. Thanks, <laughs> thanks for taking the time out. Now, can I please have some more? <laughs>
course you can. Anytime. Thanks, Vivian. Thanks, Danny. You've been listening to me, Vivian Braidwood, and this podcast was written and presented by me. If you like this podcast, hit subscribe and please rate us. Ask me any lifestyle-related question or let me know which topic you'd like me to cover during our essential coffee break. Tag me and use the hashtag Shades and Coffee with Vivian on Twitter or Instagram. We'd really love you to subscribe. Speak soon. Shades and Coffee. Look good, feel good. <laughs>